This is Mel Rojas Jr. You're listening to H10, Hanshi Tigers English News. Twenty twenty two, the year of the tiger, still the year of your Hanshin Tigers, which makes it still the year of H ten Hanshin Tigers English news. I'm your host T Ray. Today is October the eleventh, the day after Thanksgiving in Canada, Columbus Day in America, Sports Day in Japan. This is episode one fifty two of the pod, and joining me from halfway across the Pacific is Sanjay. How you doing, brother? Aloha, Barati Ray. I'm doing very well. I'm I slept well last night after the results, and uh, all is good with the world. Yes, indeed. Uh, the Tigers somehow managed to give us all a good night's sleep last night. So, on that note, the reason that we are recording at the time we're recording is because we have got a preview that we need to get out to you ASAP. Hopefully before the start of the Climax Series final stage. And that's what today's show is all about. So strap in and join us. It's time for a really short Rumors and News. Rumors and News. Rumors and News. I've got three things on the docket for us today, Sanjay. You ready? Go for it. Two of them are related to imports. The other one is seriously hot off the press but it is definitely a rumor more so than news so we'll start with the good news and that is that wilkerson um who left japan uh because his wife was giving birth to a baby well he's a daddy once again i think this is the fourth time for him born on either the 5th or the 6th of october yes wilkerson's applause cheers and woohoos all around olivia wilkerson welcome to the world Welcome, Olivia. So I was able to kind of get in touch a little bit with Wilkerson's wife, Hannah, and she kind of just uh, filled me in on that. Um, so yeah, thank you to Hannah for uh, sharing that information with us. And the Hanshin Nation rejoices with you and the whole family. The second bit of news is another um, import player who is making a surprise appearance on the top squad. I'm not sure if he's going to get into game action, and he didn't in this series, but that would be none other than A-Rod. Adderlin Rodriguez, who was expected to be sent home um, before the playoffs started. He was going to be left off the roster and um, was batting like 310 down on the farm. And, and all of a sudden, um, in a surprise move, he got added to the roster and he was on the bench for all three games. Any thoughts? Do you think he's going to get used? Do you think he's going to come into play in the final stage, Sanjay? Well, you know what? Any extra... Uh, long ball threat from the right side is probably a welcome addition. So yeah, I think we'll see an appearance by the guy. You know what? If this season ends the way we want it to end, I could see him playing a part and somehow there being some news stories about how, you know, this guy came from being, you know, uh, probably, you know, in Kansai and on that waiting for that last boarding, you know, to America call. And all of a sudden somebody called him on his, his phone and, and, uh, brought him back and and here he is you know and he gave us the game winning uh, rbi double or home run in game whatever i don't know could happen so could happen 
<clears throat> we're just glad to have him there. You know, like it's all hands on deck, as we've always said. And at, even as um as Yano, the skipper, says, you know, it's Zane Yaku. Everybody is part of the team. Everybody contributes. So let's hope that A-Rod is part of that everybody in the upcoming series. Okay, the last bit of news. This one I just read and I only read the headline. And so I'm not going to give you a ton of detail, but I will say this. Um, apparently, um, Fujinami is not the only pitcher planning to go overseas this offseason. The Bay Stars closer, Yasu, uh, Yasuaki Yamasaki, uh, wants to try out the majors, which has been the case for a couple of years now. And he wants to get posted this offseason. And so apparently, what I just read is that the Bay Stars are already looking into acquiring Iwasada, who is a free agent from the Tigers, to replace uh, Yamasaki, or at the very least, to bolster their bullpen uh, with the loss of their closer. Any thoughts on that? Wow. Okay. Well, I was just watching Yamasaki pitch uh, just yesterday, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, good luck to him to go. And who knows? It's too early to tell, but both our Iwa boys are going to be free agents at the end of this year, right? Iwasaki and Iwasada. So that's right. The question and is Iwasada, how, how though, we... is actually yeah. one that does not require compensation. He is a right. free agent. And so he can get pulled by anybody without them, without that team having to worry about sending us a player back or giving us cash. So the other thing about Iwasada is I believe he went to university in the Yokohama area, if I'm not mistaken. He's from Kumamoto, but he uh -huh. does have some ties to that area right well we'll see you know we'll we have a lot of pitchers i mean not not to say i don't like him or anything but we have a lot of pitchers i don't know how hard we're going to try to hang on to everybody he's one that i've had a hard time liking i do like him definitely at times um but i just can't help but always remember the screenshot that people put up on twitter whenever he gives up a run and that is back in the day we're, we're stretching this out a bit long sorry but back in the day when they were advertising for one of the uh, baseball video games, they always had the players playing the games and using their own team. And so Fukudome, who was with the Tigers at the time, was using Iwasada. And I guess somebody hit a home run off of him. And so he said, like, Mo Iwasada, nani stenning, or something like that. And so people, <laughs> people post the screenshot of that every time he gives up runs <laughs> for the Tigers. Right. So, yes. Well, if he leaves, we'll miss him. If he stays, we will welcome him back as a lefty in our bullpen. All right, it's time to talk a little bit about what happened down on the farm. Doing the best on the farm. Gotta make the coaches see I can make my plays on the first team. So as I mentioned last time, the farm team was going to play for all the marbles on October the 8th in Miyazaki against the Rakuten Eagles. Unfortunately, the game did not turn out as we hoped. The team lost 8-2 to two with Kirishiki giving up five runs, I think, in the top of the third, and then um, Ogawa giving up a couple in the top of the fifth or sixth. Um, but we got a couple of home runs, which I guess is a good sign. One from a guy that is just on the verge of, well, who knows if he's going to ever be with the team again, that'd be Takayama. He led off the game with a home run. And then a youngster who is looking to basically uh, put the final nail in the Takayama coffin, if you will, Maegawa, who is 18, 19 years old, he also hit a home run in this game. So both of those guys hoping to be in the outfield for next season when we've got a new manager, both of them, uh, you know, making that little appeal to Okada. Well, we can talk about Okada at another episode, but he has a thing for Takayama, so we'll see. 
He definitely does. You are right about that. And so we will indeed see about that. All right, let's get right into recapping the first stage of the Climax series. So interesting bit of uh, trivia, if you will. The Tigers and the Bay Stars have faced off in this first round. Previously had faced off twice in the past five postseasons. Um, that, of course, not including 2020 when there was no postseason. Um, so the Tigers hosted in 2017, lost two games to one. The Bay Stars hosted in 2019, lost two games to one. The Bay Stars are hosting this series in 2022 lost two lost games to two one games to one Yay. So, yeah the third place team though in the central has won that first stage of the climax series every year since 2017. that's pretty incredible yeah it definitely is um we are on the losing end uh twice in that stretch so but we're also on the winning side twice so there you go so let's talk about it game one we had aoyagi on the mound they had imanaga on the mound both pitchers looking pretty good Aoyagi only allowed a few runners and only one guy got into scoring position. That was by virtue of a fifth inning in uh, fifth inning single and bunt. That was the only guy that reached second base, I believe, for them against Aoyagi. The Tigers um, had a few runners during the game, not too many. Obata failed on a bunt. It turned into a double play. Um, <clears throat> but in the top of the fifth is when we got things done. Aoyagi with a hit. Yeah, blue goat. Uh, yeah. Nakano with a one out single uh, as well. And then Marte with a walk to load the bases for Chikamoto, who hit a two RBI single, scored us a couple runs. We had chances to add to the lead uh, in that inning. And then again in the eighth and ninth, but couldn't get her done. But it's okay because our relief was rock solid. Iwasada with, um, I think he came in in the bottom of the seventh um, and got one out. And then Hamachi with the other two outs and Iwasaki bottom of the eighth. And Iwasa uh, with... Uh, two outs, I think, in the bottom of the eighth mm -hmm. and three, one or two, pardon me, one in the bottom of the eighth and three in the bottom of the ninth to preserve the 2-0 win. A shutout for our boys, taking the lead and teams win the series 84% of the time. That's 12 for 14, I believe, um, when they take game one. Woohoo! Yes. And game two, uh, we went back to our old um, frustrating selves with a 0-1 loss. There's really nothing to talk about except for um, we had one guy in scoring position, right? Nakano with an infield single, stolen base, and then he reached third base on a grounder. So I think we had like a one out runner on third situation, or maybe it was two outs. I don't know. Anyways, we didn't score on it. And score. they scored in the bottom of the fifth. So this fifth inning seems to be uh, the place where the game moves. Uh, Miyazaki, Soto, and Yamato with some singles, or pardon me, it was a double in there as well, but three hits, uh, scored them a run. Chika gunned out the second runner at home, which definitely um, put the brakes on their momentum, but all they needed was the one run. We struck out 14 times, set a Climax Series record, and uh, the other guy we want to talk about, or guys, would be Junya, who gave us two shutout innings, and Keller, who struck out two in his one inning of action as well. Yeah, he looked good, actually. He did. And people, I, I saw a couple comments on the old Twitter. Um, someone was saying, you know, when good killer comes out, he is unhittable. And it's totally true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting with our bullpen. We can talk about this later or whatever. But, um, you know, when they are good, it seems like we can we can tell within a couple of batters or maybe yeah. even a couple of yeah. pitches. A couple pitches. Yeah. Yeah. And like Iwasaki's the same story. Like when he's good. 
forget it. You're not going to score. But when you're, he's not good, well, it's pretty easy to score against him. Anyhow, or get hits. All right. So let's talk about the rubber match, which took place yesterday afternoon. For me, it took place last night because I couldn't watch it live. But this is how things went down. This game looked like it was all Bay Stars. Keep in mind, the Tigers hadn't scored for 13 innings at this point. So we're we're going like big time. Uh, you know, we're, we're dry. We're dry. And um, the bottom of the first inning, uh, we had an error from our third baseman, Sato. Bottom of the second inning, Miyazaki hit a home run. Bottom of the third, we got another error. This one from Oyama, plus a wild pitch. They got a second run on that. So it's 2-0, and our team looks terrible in the field. Not much better at the plate. But the top of the fourth, uh, the tides turned. Teru with a big solo home run to pretty much dead center. Um, and then top of the six, Hojo and Chikamoto with back-to-back doubles. Let's keep in mind, too, that Chikamoto was called on to bunt there and failed in two attempts and then smashed the double. Oyama called to bunt. He failed. Um, <laughs> popped, popped it up to catcher. But then Haraguchi yeah. came in with a clutch RBI single for the go-ahead run. It's 3-2 to two, uh, heading into the bottom of the sixth. And here we go. The pitcher is getting it done. Well, Saiki only lasted two and a third. But Hamachi filled his shoes, got him out of a mess. Iwasada Jr. with two innings and Yuasa with um, the save again. So the, of course, nerve-wracking part was at the very end, bottom of the ninth, they, the base stars, that is, got to a bases-loaded one-out situation. Maki with a single, Soto with a walk, and Austin with a single. But they brought in pinch hitter Kazuya Fujita, 40-year-old guy, lefty hitter against Yuasa. First pitch, a fastball, pretty sweet fastball. And he grounded it right to a drawn-in Obata, who threw it home to Umeno for out number two, who threw it to Oyama for out number three for the series for the Hunching Tigers. Yahoo! <laughs> Thoughts on the game or the series? Well, there were many, many head-shaking moments in that one. Um, and we can talk about it at length some other time for brevity's sake. But even in the ninth inning, um, the tie, the momentum shifted so many times. Maki really battled against Yuasa and, yeah. and got the hit on like the ninth pitch or something like that. Right. Yeah. And uh, it really looked like the, all the momentum was on their side. And, and kudos to our guys for just hanging in there, man. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes uh, you need a little bit of luck or just that little bit of extra help from above. And then sometimes it seems like you can do it in your own power. But whatever it takes, man, a win is a win. We got the win. We're moving on to... Tokyo to face the Yakult Swallows. And before we talk about that, shall we talk about our manager? You know, we, we get these final chances to roast. Mr. Yano, we get these final chances to hear the jingle. And I'm actually going to talk about something that happened in game one. You know, in, in the playoffs, everything gets scrutinized extra. This is, mm -hmm. my, this is my thing. And someone can correct me because I think I saw this slightly wrong. But in the top of the eighth, we had a situation with two outs and runners on second and third and Sakamoto coming up to the plate. Why did we not sub him out for a pinch hitter? Because in the bottom of the eighth, we subbed him out and brought Umeno in as catcher. And I know that Umeno dropped into the number nine slot in the lineup. And so like Sakamoto was the final out in the eight slot. And then 
Umino moved into the nine and the pitcher moved into eight. But at this point, you know your pitcher's only lasting one inning anyway. So who cares if you put the pitcher in the nine slot and sub somebody for Sakamoto, top of the eighth, in a really, you know, must score situation to give us some extra, you know, insurance. I just thought, again, you know, it's 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 partly hindsight, but every time I see Sakamoto step up to the plate, I find myself getting distracted and not really watching because I don't expect anything. Well, I think you're correct there. And I think that goes back to um, Yano's love for Sakamoto. <laughs> you know, you definitely see the love for, you know, player A, player X, player Y, um, as we talked about with Okada and Takayama potentially next season. But yeah, that is that is one that um, shines through again and again. Have you got anything you want to talk about uh, Yano doing that he shouldn't have done? Yeah, I mean, I really don't understand the musical chairs he's doing on defense. Yesterday, he had Sato at third, Oyama in right, and Yokawa in left. And then when they substituted Hojo with a pinch runner, Hojo's second base, uh, they brought in Kumagai. I thought, okay, slot him into second base. But no, they moved Kumagai to third, um, Sato to right, Oyama to left. I'm thinking, like, what are you doing? I mean, if you're going to do all those moves in the middle for one guy, then you shouldn't have had them playing those positions in the first place. Yes, and that's one reason that I cannot wait for Okada to come in as manager because he has said, I am nailing Sato down at third and Oyama at first, and they are not moving. Yeah, and Oyama had an error in right field, right? Which yes. he doesn't normally play. I mean, you know, right. you can't blame the guy. Exactly, exactly. So let's uh, let's stuff that one in the bag and uh, bring it back out during the final stage recaps. If we get to that point, well, <laughs> we'll get we'll get to the recaps. Um, and again, you know, Yano actually did some good things um, decision wise in this series. So I'm not going to say he did a terrible job and the team won in spite of him because he did pull his pitchers at good times. He did kind of ensure that it was all hands on deck and he was playing for, you know, wins in these tight situations where you can't lose a single game. So I agree. I yeah. agree. Hats off to him generally for doing a good job. And I definitely wouldn't say I could have done better because I wouldn't have done better. So, yeah. Okay, well, it's time for the hot topic. And what else could it be but a little playoff second round climax series final stage preview? You know, we are going into Meiji Jingu Stadium starting Wednesday night, and it if all goes according to schedule, that is no rainouts. Um, it could be six games in six nights, so it's basically basically like what you would call the the three game card in the regular season, and doing two back to back in their ballpark, um, with them having a one game advantage in this best of seven series. So it's one zero swallows right now. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, the odds are against us in a few ways. One, um, they've got all their players well-rested. They will be able to line up their ace against us in game one, whereas our ace went on Saturday. So he's definitely not going to be pitching on Wednesday. Um, so in that way, they've got an advantage, plus the one game, plus, you know, everything's at home. The disadvantage for them is that they have been resting and they haven't had any in-game um, practice to keep them warm, keep them sharp. Whereas we have, and I think that's kind of understated sometimes. That's important. Oh, uh, 
And we have the momentum because we've been playing and winning. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one that's interesting is, you know, despite the Swallows finishing, what, like 55 games ahead of us in the, uh, no, 56. No, wait, that was home run tolls. Um, was 12 games ahead of us, I think, in the standings. So it sounds like, you know, they are a way better team than us. Well, let's go to the head-to-head where it was actually 11 for us, 13 for them, and one uh, stalemate. That was the last game of the season, which we should have won. So anyways, but regardless, how did we do at Jingu? We won seven and lost five. Yay! Yeah. So if you keep up that pace in this playoff series, that could lead to this being, uh, you know, it could go down to the wire. You know, um, we the trend could is your friend. three the trend of the is your first friend. five, for example, and then it comes down to the last game. If it's three and two Tigers, you know, um, and then it's a winner take all games, I guess, game six, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't chalk this up to like, oh, the Swallows are so much better than the Tigers and, and you know, the Tigers don't stand a chance because, you know, you can look at the numbers and say, no, that's not true. Anything that can said, happen. Sanjay, I'm sorry. I said anything can happen. Anything can happen. And that said, you know, like if we looked at the numbers of the Bay Stars series, everyone would have said and would have been wrong that the Tigers didn't stand a chance because they were two and eleven at at uh, Yokohama Stadium during the season. So, you know, who are they to think they stand a chance? And uh, side note, there's a a morning program here in Kansai called Sumatang, which is basically the the French for Sumatang this morning. Um, uh-huh. And they always come up with some positive uh, data about the Tigers and their upcoming series or whatever. And so they'd said in that Bay Stars one, the Tigers are actually two and one in day games at Yokohama this season, and they're zero and ten in night games. Nice. <laughs> and and true to form, it was three day games, and the Tigers went two and one. Two and so, one. There you, you know, go. So they found the uh, the data that made the difference. But so again, the data we can pretty much throw it out, and at the same time, we are going to look at the data right here and right now uh, because that's basically what we can do in this type of situation so first we're going to run down some of their hitters and how they've done uh, this season at, versus how they've done against the tigers and of course we have to start with none other than mr 56 right munetaka murakami their number four hitter the most feared batter almost in the world i mean you know take away aaron judge and a few other major leaguers and he is the most feared this was his line this season. He batted 318, which led the central. He hit 56 home runs, which led the central, and 134 RBIs, which was <laughs> not even a close race. He led the central in that as well. Triple crown, OPS of 1.168. But how did he do against the Hanshin Tigers is the question. Batted 260 against us. Nice. Yes. Seven home runs. Um, that is his fewest against any CL opponent. So in 24 games, he had seven home runs. It's about one every three games. So um, maybe two home runs in this series is what we can expect. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I hope not. Not if we good. walk him more. Yeah, yeah. But get this. So his OPS, despite it being uh, the worst against any CL team that he faced, was still 978. Quite robust. Ouch. Yeah, that's good. Yes. Um, you know, he walks a ton. He doesn't strike out as much. That said, though, he, we did a decent job. We struck him out 24 times walked him 18 times, which again, that 18 is the fewest uh, in uh, among Central League opponents. So it seems to me like I wouldn't say that we have his number by any means, and I wouldn't say that he's not dangerous, but I would say that maybe he's not Mr. Triple Crown against us, and here's to hoping that he won't be in this series. Well, let's just not serve him up three dingers in a game. 
Yes, yes. Uh, did we ever do that, Sanjay? I, I, I can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it it might have happened, but I might have been like in Canada at the time. Okay, yeah. let's move on to our next guy who, you know, traditionally would be their second most dangerous hitter. But this year, he's had a bit of an off season. Well, despite that, he's still a good guy. That would be uh, Mr. Yamada, who is their second baseman, usually the number three hitter, but he's also moved up and down the order. Tell us a little bit about his numbers this year. Sure. So this year, he was a less than uh, spectacular 243 average for the year. And against us, 239. So he's right about at his average. He had 23 dingers on the season, but only three against us. He had 65 RBIs on the season, only seven against us. And his OPS for the season was 790 uh, overall and 712 against us. So, so, and his runners in, uh, risk, runners in scoring position, batting average, uh, 238 overall, 182 against us. I mean, these numbers make him sound like he's not at his best when he's playing against us. Yeah, that he's not anything special at all. Um, can you rewind that again? How many home runs did he have against us? Three. Three. And one of them was on opening day in what, you know, against a pitcher that was definitely not at top form. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really think that we do a good job of containing him. And the thing I love about him and an interesting st strategy point is what are they going to do when Aoyagi takes the mound? Because he always takes the day off Yeah, in that game. A, because he sucks against Aoyagi, but B, because I think it throws off his mechanics. It throws off his eyes. It throws everything off. And he's like, I just don't want to get screwed, uh, around in that way. Um, so I'm just not going to play against him at all. So I wonder though, in this, in this kind of, you know, situation where it's winner take all, is he still going to sit for the good of the team? Or is he going to come out and say, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do everything I can to get a hit. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I don't know, man. It might depend on what Takatsu is thinking too. Yeah, true. But I, I really think that, you know, he's going to consult with Yamada. I don't think he's going to force him in there if, if Yamada really doesn't want to um, play the game. Interesting. So, Okay, their top um, four in bat, as far as just um, maybe not numbers this season, but you know, if you include last year and include the fact that he missed uh, more than half of this year, would be uh, Santana, who on the season batted 275 with 15 bombs. Again, that's 15 bombs in 60 games. Um, so you can times that by at least two for his more realistic numbers. 35 RBI, OPS of 904. Against the Hanshin Tigers this year, though, in 12 games, he batted 262 with three home runs and eight rbi and an ops of 779 which is the second worst total uh that he has against any cl opponent so i'm seeing a trend here man we've we've listed three batters and none of them are at their best really against the tigers the trend will continue with the fourth batter i got yes. on the list over here Osuna. his batting average on the season is 272 but against us he's nearly 100 points lower at 195. wow he hit 20 bombs this season against us only one. Hmm. His RBI total 74 on the year, but uh, only eight for against us. And his OPS uh, overall 751. It drops 250 points to 504 against us. <laughs> wow. Well, this this all seems to bode well for us, at least as far as like, man, our pitchers are performing at their best against these guys, or they just happen to be in slumps when we face them. Let's go for uh at least one more guy here with their hitters. That would be their leadoff guy who seems to be um, just an outstanding player. Um, I think he was second in the center, third in the central in doubles with 30 batted 276 on the year with a 797 OPS. And he, he's always up there in the hunt for a stolen base King as well. He had 24 this season. That would be Shiomi 
Uh, so those were his numbers overall. And then against the Tigers, uh, those numbers also go down batting 210, one home run, six RBI, OPS of 547, just three stolen bases versus two caught stealing. So a pretty pathetic percentage there. So all of that to say, man, their they're key hitters, their main hitters aren't all that against us. Against us. Yeah. Which At is least, all that counts, but that's why they were doing so well against all the other teams, and that's why they ran away with the league. Yes, yes, exactly. Although they were terrible against the Dragons as well, which was quite interesting. True. Okay, let's move on to their pitchers now, and uh, I think probably getting game one or game two will be Takahashi, their lefty, who in 17 starts this season had a 263 ERA, 113 strikeouts, um, and that's in 102 and two-thirds innings. So his strikeout rate is almost 10 per nine innings. Um, against the Hanshin Tigers, a 338 ERA. Um, I know he shut us out once. He went two and one against us, though, with uh, 19 strikeouts in 16 innings, but eight runs, six earned against. Next guy up. Is that Ryan Ogawa? That would be Ryan Ogawa. There, I, I, I don't know. He might be their first guy. He might be the first guy we face. We'll see. Yeah, yeah okay. a bit about well, him. Yeah, so he had 25 starts this past year, and his overall record was 8-8. Eight and eight. So he didn't figure in nine decisions. His whip was 1.15. Uh, and he, you know, despite his um, image of being the Nolan Ryan of Japan, he only had 5.34 Ks per nine inning. Um, which isn't very much uh, against us though we make him look like a star his era is 2.37 uh, a little bit half a point lower than his average but he went three and one and his whip is at 1.22 and he gets a uh, five case every nine batting average against is the only thing where he does worse against us 277 compared to 254 for the re- for the rest of the league yeah I, I just can't seem to figure out why we can't seem to figure him out because, yeah, it seems like it's not just this season. I know there's been, there have been times that we've had good games against him, but they seem to be quite few and far between. And the good games for him seem to be quite frequent. Yeah. Okay, let's look at their next guy. And that would be Takanashi, who shut us out early in the season. But Takanashi's overall record, not outstanding. Um, seven wins, nine losses, 4.3 ERA um, with 84 strikeouts in 102 and two thirds innings against the Hanshin Tigers. He has got an ERA basically the same. It's a 4.42 with two wins and four losses and, Hmm. um, 18 runs against in 36 and two thirds innings. Uh, Let's keep in mind. Okay. So this guy did shut us out early in the season. And I kind of hope that that stays with Takatsu so that he says like, yeah, you know, this is the guy that shut out the Tigers. Let's, let's trot him out there. But actually he's not, doing that great against us <laughs> <laughs> well i wish i could say the same about the next guy yeah um for real 42 year old ishikawa his regular season era is 4.50 but against us it's just 1.08 he goes yeah, he went, yeah he went well we make him look like a star he's 42 years old and he's 2 and 0 against us with a 0.84 whip go figure I yeah, don't want to see fast, him. His fastball tops out at like what eighty five or something like that, or maybe even if that. Lower. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's very crafty. He does hit his corners very well. But nevertheless, I mean, I just don't understand. I can't. There's no explanation for his pedestrian ERA against everybody else and his, you know, ace like numbers against the Tigers. 
Exactly. Okay, we're going to throw in one more starter who I think is probably going to get a start that we I didn't put in the list, Sanjay. That would be Sai Sneed. Um, he's oh, got a okay. 354 on the season in 23 starts. So, I mean, he's been part of the rotation much of the year. So again, 3.54 overall. He faced us in game 143 and did fairly well. He's got a 284 against us. 0-1 record with uh, six runs against in 19 innings pitch. So only just the three games against us. Um, not striking out a ton of guys is 5.68 K per nine rate. Um, but yeah, he seems to be part of the rotation and I would expect that we'll be facing him. Let's look really quickly at two of their relievers before we look at our Tigers. Um, can you tell us a little bit about setup man, no Borushimis? Ooh, I didn't have him on here. Okay. Ooh. Um, I'm just going to be reading this off of the list here. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. All right, so here he is, setup man, Mr. Noboru Shimizu, a 25-year-old, throws right, bats left. I did not know that he batted left. Um, his ERA is 1.16 overall, and against us, it is 1.04. Um, and he only pitched 8.2 innings against us, gave up one run. Walks hits per innings pitched is at 0.58. So he's kind of got a number in the eight innings that he's pitched. Hmm. All right. And then their closer, as everybody probably knows, given they went all the way, they went the distance last season, is Scott McGuff, who has a 235 ERA on the season with a 9.89 Ks per nine and uh, quite a few saves. Uh, where's my number there? 38 saves. So yeah, pretty good numbers out of him against the Tigers kind of close to the same he's got a 289 era against us that includes of course the last game in which he gave up uh the two runs but nine and a third innings pitch three runs against 9.64 k's per nine but a whip of 1.5 so we're finding a way to get on base against him um and that could be key in this series i mean if we can find a way to maybe steal one of those games against him um that could be a momentum swinger did I bring up the fact that he uh, threw a, a pickoff pitch at when no one was there one time a couple years ago? Please do. Please do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was Yokawa that stole second base and then um, he threw it into basically it, it you know, trickled into shallow right field uh, to give us a couple of runs and a win at course. Yes. All right. So now that we've looked at the Swallows and who we are up against, let's look at our guys and how they are doing against those Swallows. And so we're going to look at some of our key batters and some of our key hitter uh, pitchers. So we'll start with Oyama. By the way, Oyama went hitless against the Bay Stars. And I wonder if something is up with him because actually he has not hit a home run in ages. So I wonder if it's mechanical or if it's some kind of injury of some sort. Anyhow, Oyama on the season led our team with 23 home runs. He batted 267, had an OPS of 827 against the Swallows, batted 280 with three home runs, 11 RBI, OPS of 826, so not outstanding. And at Jingu Stadium, here's the good news. He batted 367 with two home runs, eight RBIs, and a 1.041 OPS. So that bodes well. All right. Do I have Sato? Yes, please. Yeah, well, as you know, he uh, at regular season, he batted 264 and had 20 home runs. Uh, and an OPS of 798 against the Swallows. He ran at 279, which is about the same. Um, 
had four home runs and an OPS of 847. But to your point, the good news is that at Jingu, he bats 327, um, three home runs and an OPS of 1.039. So we like that. Fireworks, please. Fireworks, please. And uh, before before we light off those Hanabi, we got to get some guys on base. So let's look first at our, well, who has become our number three hitter. That would be Chikamoto, mm -hmm. um, who batted 293 on the season with three home runs, 34 RBI, 71 runs scored, and led the Central League with 30 stolen bases. And he had an OPS of 704 and uh, batted 313 with runners in scoring position against the Swallows. Uh-oh. Batted 190 with one home run, eight RBI, uh, OPS of 555, six stolen bases, and runners in scoring position, he batted just 200. Um, reducing that just to Jingu, it gets even worse, folks. He batted 086. Ooh. Yeah, and we'll just leave the rest of the numbers at that. But again, we can we can pick at the data and say, well, then he's not going to hit in this series, but we know that's going to be a lie. So tell us a little bit about Nakano, who's basically... A, our fourth and probably our last guy that's like a regular who who's guaranteed to play pretty much every game and he has been putting up the numbers you know all the naysayers can say what they want but he's been hot lately so let's keep yeah. riding that his average the for the year was 276 his ops was 647 he didn't get on base that much he didn't uh, do walk at all but 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 against the swallows he is hitting 316 his ops jumps to 772 and let me just point out that at Jingu Stadium, he's hitting 341 with an OPS of 998. Woohoo! So, yeah, I mean, again, these numbers all reset in the playoffs, but the Tigers have got to be feeling good going into Jingu with, you know, three of those four guys we listed probably ha play their best or hit their best at Jingu. So you got to yeah. love that. Okay, let's bounce over to the pitching side. And honestly, man, I don't know. I felt like, you know, we've got the best arms in the in the central or in NPB, but I can't put together what our rotation is going to look like for this series. We we used Aoyagi on Saturday, Ito on Sunday, and Saiki on Monday. So you got to think those guys at the earliest will come back Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah. Well, that yeah. leaves Wednesday, Thursday. I'm assuming that Nishi, the senior, is going to get one of those two starts. But who gets the other one? Any ideas? Good question. No, I don't have a good idea, actually. Okay, um, well, let's just run down some of our guys then and we'll we'll give you some numbers and maybe we'll get the answer out of that. So we'll we'll start with Nishi the senior who was actually second in the central in ERA this season with a 2.18. That's pretty shiny. A 9 and 9 record. Um so he didn't have a winning record but well, his record was better than the Tigers record. So you got to give him credit. That, <laughs> right? Fair um, point. Low strikeout rate, which is fine. Against the Swallows, get this, 0.86 ERA. Yeah, you wonder why we've been saving him for the second round. Here's why exactly, right? So in 21 innings pitched, he allowed just three runs, two of them earned. Um, so that is boding well for us. At Jingu, he only had the one game. He went six shutout innings. Who you got for us next? Uh, on my list, I have Aoyagi, although Go he just it. went the other day. Mm -hmm. um, regular season, ERA 2.05. Stellar, stellar, stellar. Uh, and a whip of 0 0.97, ridiculous. Um, against the Swallows, he has a higher ERA, 2.38, uh, and a whip of, well, the whip is good, 0 
So we don't dislike this matchup. At Jingu Stadium, his uh, ERA is only 1.29. He went 3-1, and one, mm. and his whip is 0.75. Bring me some blue goat. It kind of makes sense because he's a ground ball pitcher, and you know you can't hit home runs on ground balls. So even though it's a home run park, you know yeah. he's able to keep the ball below the wall. So <laughs> hey, that rhymes. There you go. Not even on purpose. I'm a poet, and I something. Okay, um, so <laughs> let's assume though. I mean, like if he gets the Friday start, if they say, "Hey, short rest because all hands on deck," you know he'll be pitching Friday, and we're guaranteed to have a Friday regardless of what happens Wednesday, Thursday. So. I'm going to give you the numbers on the potential Saturday at the latest Sunday pitcher. That would be Ito, um, who had a 2.63 ERA on the season. Again, in the playoffs um, through five innings of one run ball. Nine and five record in the regular season um, with, again, not a particularly high strikeout rate, um, just six per nine. But his whip was 1.03. He's got very good control. Against the Swallows this year, 2.38 ERA. So basically right in line with his regular season numbers, maybe even a bit better um, with a whip of 0.71. And he had two starts in Jingu and his ERA there was 3.29, a whip of 0.8. I think he gave up uh, two home runs and that accounted for at least part of the five runs that he gave up there on the season. So there you go. Do I have the younger Nishi? Please, yes. Um, who's looking better and better, by the way, uh, the more he pitches in the postseason. And uh, his regular season was a 2.68 ERA mm-hmm. uh, with a whip of 1.11. Um, but jumping over to against Yakult, his ERA was 1.59. Whip was only 0.76. And at Jingu, where he had two appearances, his uh, ERA was 1.93 and a whip of 0.86. So he's doing it on the mound. Uh, I don't have his batting stats immediately in front of me for the, for the stadium, but uh, boy can hit. Yeah. His OPS is 615. It's higher than a lot of our fielders. Hey, he hit a home run this year. Wasn't it against the Swallows or am I wrong? Uh, I thought it was at Jingu, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. Anyways, um, the point is, he's also a pinch hitter. I, 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 I swear, I really think that Yano, <laughs> Yano needs to have him as a legit option as pinch hitter because bringing in, I'm not even going to name those other names. They're not worth naming, but bringing in some of those other guys, it's just not worth it. So, I, you know, the fans will be excited and there is hope for a, an extra base hit with Junior at the dish. Okay, yes. let's move on to the guy who started Sunday and didn't do particularly well, uh, but that would be Psyche, who has a 1.53 ERA on the season. He went four and one. Keep in mind, he's coming off of TJ. So um, they did rest him a lot. They did pull him quite early in starts. And if he does pitch in this series, I would assume that he'll probably go a max of five innings. Um Case in point, he had nine starts and went 47 innings, so averaging just over five per start. Um, Strikeout rate of eight plus, uh, whip of 1.09 against the Swallows in two games. One of them was a start, so nine total innings. He allowed two runs for a clean ERA of two, strikeout rate of just five. He has not pitched at Jingu this season. So I would assume, yeah, like maybe Sunday or Monday, he gets some action if the series goes that long. Let's talk now about the guy that could be the number, the game two starter, especially considering he didn't pitch at all against the Bay Stars, right? Number 19. That's right. Number 19, Shintaro Fujinami, 
who um, actually, interestingly, um, didn't pitch at all at Jingu this year. Oh. So, yeah. So, well, that kind of surprised me. His regular season ERA is 3.38, mm-hmm. and his uh, whip is 1.19, which is pretty respectable yeah, given, uh, given his control issues. Um, he last pitched against Yakult on September 18 when he started and went six innings and got nine Ks and gave up zero runs, uh, one un- unearned. Uh, gave up zero earned runs, one unearned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, ERA versus Yakult this, on the season is 2.08, mm. and his whip is 1.00. So, you know, bring him in there. So let's see what he's got. Let's keep in mind, too, that he was the opening day starter this season, and that was against the Swallows, and he did quite well in that one. I think it was seven innings pitched and three runs against um and we won't talk about the last two innings of that game. But, um, you know, he definitely has that track record against them. And as a guy, again, who's well-rested, who's accustomed to starting and can throw long innings or short innings, I think he might be the guy. What, I mean, Yano might even play the whole, you know, like, let's make the dream uh, storyline and start Shinchan in game one. That could very well happen. He could use That Shin-chan. could happen. Yeah. It could happen. So let's move into our bullpen a little bit. Just three key guys, of course. We want to talk about the three, uh, the three guys in the back end. Uh, we'll start with the guy who has become the closer. That would be Yuasa, who has a 1.09 ERA on the season. Of course, that doesn't include his two, uh, more than two. I think uh, two, two and two thirds shutout innings against the Bay Stars, but 1.09 with a batting average against of 185 and a WHIP of 0.86 on the year. Um, outstanding outstanding against the swallows in 11 games 11 innings didn't allow a single run had a whip of 0.36 and a strikeout per walk rate of 15 so 12.27 uh strikeouts per nine um and wild at, at jingu of course he didn't allow any runs uh four games four innings pitched a batting average against of 0.083 a whip of 0.25 Mm. Woohoo! Apparently, he does well at Jingu. Because he's awesome. You awesome. You, you awesome. You awesome. Okay, give us some Iwazaki just because you never know where uh, Yano is going to plug him into the lineup. Yeah, I think he's going to be uh, the eight, eight inning man again, you know, um, mm. the eighth inning man, uh, like he used to be where he feels most comfortable, as per a lot of people were saying. Yes. So here we go. His, for the regular season, his ERA was 1.96, and his WHIP was actually 1.33, which he, and his batting average against is 288. So what you were talking about earlier with good Iwazaki, bad Iwazaki, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell after the first couple of pitches is what some of the commentators were saying too. Uh, against Yakult, he has an ERA of 4.00, uh, okay. a WHIP of 1.78. Mm. And at Jingu Stadium... That's where he's been damaged a lot. Uh, 4.91 ERA, um, 1.09 whip, but he uh, basically, that's not his favorite park. Uh, well, next to Yokohama, it's his, it's his second least favorite park. Okay, well, let's talk about one last guy who definitely would would say unequivocally this is his least favorite team to face. I haven't confirmed it with the man, but Keller, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I would assume he started and ended his season uh, very poorly against this team. And the result is that despite a 3.31 ERA on the season, which is it's all right, you know, uh, but a K rate of 12.67 uh, for KK, right? Um, outstanding stuff 
uh, there, but against the Swallows, 11.57 ERA. Of course, that comes courtesy of Game 1 at Kyosara Meltdown and Game 143 at Koshien Meltdown. Um, so he, again, his strikeout rate against them is 13.5 per 9, uh, but they batted wow. 409 against him. And yeah. at Jingu, he only had the one um, game. He was the winning pitcher on that day and threw a three-up, three-down, two-strikeout um, inning. So there you go. That is the basic rundown. I mean, there are a bunch of other pitchers that we could look at, but we simply don't have time. I want to ask you this question, though, to end things off. Who are the key players that we need to contain? One batter that we need to contain, one pitcher that we need to figure out in order to succeed in this series. What do you say? Well, the obvious low-hanging fruit, but it's it's so true. Murakami-sama on, on their side as a hitter. Mm-hmm. And on the pitching side, the guy that I got to talk about, 42-year-old Ishikawa. We just can't let him keep dominating us. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with different guys just to make the show interesting and because I actually do differ in opinion. Of course, we got to contain Murakami, but I like what Kakefu said last night on the news. He said, let the kid hit one solo home run per game and we're okay. Give him that one run. Um, just don't put guys on base in front of him. And so I think Shiomi is a guy that we need to contain. Keep the bases clean in front of Murakami and we're going to have an easier time um, less pressure on the pitcher for sure in those situations. And uh, the pitcher we need to figure out is Ogawa um, because I think, you know, he is their quote unquote ace, especially against us. And if we can steal a win against him, that's going to make our jobs easier. I'm assuming he's going to go in game one or two when we are using our lesser aces, if you will. And if we can bring this series, make it close for when Aoyagi and Ito get to face some of their weaker pitch- pitchers, um, then we're going somewhere. So and I'm going to say we got to take yeah. one of those early games against them. True. I agree. Yes. Okay. Who are the keys for us? Which, which hitter needs to wake up or carry the team and which pitcher needs to step up and shut them down? Well, um, Oyama needs to do better. Yeah. And if he does better, we have a much better chance. If he does better than he's been playing, we have a much better chance of winning. The others have been kind of like doing okay. Nakano's been hitting. Chikamoto's been hitting. Even Sato just broke out. So really, if, if Oyama goes, we go. Okay. Um, I am going to kind of agree with that. Uh, I mean, I 100% agree with that. Um, he <laughs> is definitely the guy. There's, there's really nobody else. Uh, but I will also say this. Um, our number two hitter, whoever he is, and you know, Yano seems to be trotting out Itohara again. This is one of these guys he's got a torrid love for, you know, this love affair has got to come to an end eventually. But Itohara, if he's batting number two, right now is 147 against the Swallows on the season. And at Jingu Stadium, he is 162. Both of those are absolutely atrocious. He's got two home runs in that, mind you. But um, he's the guy. I mean, he did not contribute at all. You know, we could look at the box scores and say our number one hitter, our number three hitter, our number six hitter to an extent got the job done and nobody else. And then, you know, Haraguchi with the the clutch hit to get us Mm -hmm. the go ahead run. But that's it. Right. So anyone Mm -hmm. else could be a key hitter. But I'm going to I'm going to name Itohara um, simply because I think that's a spot that everyone's down on him. We are counting on him to not contribute. But if he does, that could put us over the top. That's true. Okay, pitcher. Who you say needs to have a special series here? You know what? I'm going to say Iwazaki needs to have a special series here. He needs to be lights out every time he comes on. He can. I want him to do it. 
Yeah, that's a really good call. And I want to dig into the bullpen as well, because I think that's where um, the Swallows have definitely made some big comebacks against us. I mean, you know, two come to mind, those being opening day, right? And then also, you know, and we were a different team then, so I'm not going to say it's Iwasaki and Keller's fault by any means. I don't think it is. Um, but then also that one game where homeboy hit three home runs against us right um mm -hmm. and he was the difference and that was another come from behind they won that one in extra inning so i'm going to put this one on our bullpen on a bullpen guy as well i'm going to say that even though he has done quite well against them i'm going to say hamachi who is going to come in with some key innings we didn't mention his numbers earlier but i think that he's another guy that if he can clamp down give us that extra arm in the bullpen that says nah, uh, uh, you're not mounting to come back today then that's going to take us a long ways towards uh, surprising everybody and winning this series. Yeah, he could be an X factor. There you go. So now it's time. It's the moment of truth. Let's predict. What's going to happen with the record going to be? What's going to happen with the record going to be? What's going to happen with the record going to be? What's going to happen with the record going to be? See the future? Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. See the future? Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. What's going to happen with the record going to be? My man, who is going to win this series and in how many games? We will not count this first like loss against us. So the how many games is going to be a max of six, not seven. Uh, who's going to win in how many games? We're going to go the distance, four and two. Okay, so it is going to be this this series is going to go to the limit and we will win it then. If all goes well, it will be a would that be Monday night? Yeah, it'll be a Monday night. All these games are night games, by the way, whether they're weekend or weekday, they're all night games. Um, I'm going to agree with you 100%. This one is going the distance. It is going to be a slugfest. There are going to be some games that are going to be wild with lots of runs scored, just like Jingu uh, tends to do. And there's going to be other games where there's going to be few runs because both teams, um, when their pitchers are on, are crazy good against one another. So I think it's going to be a fun wild series and i'm also going to say tigers win tigers win tigers win the miracle nippon series appearance is going to happen so, so my man should we be right then between monday night which is the end of this series or could be and saturday which is the start of the japan series um we're going to have another show to do related to <laughs> the season that is still going on right and right. we will ladies and gentlemen t-ray and sanjay will be back with another show guaranteed so enjoy the next week of baseball um we definitely want to come back and report about some wins we definitely want to see the tigers moving on to face the oryx buffaloes in the japan series should they topple the softbank hawks Kansai Derby. Yes, that's right. The Battle of the Yodogawa River. <laughs> um, <laughs> or the Battle Across the Yodogawa River. Anyhow. Thank you all for tuning into H10. And if you have not gotten your fill of Hanshin Tigers English News, then check us out on Patreon. We're still running things there. I'm going to be posting some extra bonus stuff there throughout the off season. Check out our website, the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube, the Facebook, the TV, 
wherever you think you're going to find me, go look for me. All the details are in the show notes. Special thanks to Silent Partner for this awesome theme music in 2022. And for Cho, thank you to Cho for mixing the show. We appreciate the show. All right, everybody. Enjoy that baseball. Sanjay, thanks for joining. Let's go, Tigers. Tigers.